on Word on the Street. We're here till 10 o'clock. Myself, Shelly Winter, my co-host sitting across from me, Milani Kai, and DJ Greg P on the Wheels of Steel. We're here after Bulldogs Live uh, from 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. every Thursday during football season. And we got a hot hour for you. It's called the Power Hour. But we're going to start off with today. I had an opportunity. Shout out to uh, PR person, uh, my PR sister friend I've known for many years, my little sister Aisha Hardiman, who invited a bunch of media folks out, guys, to the uh, Community Food Bank in Stone Mountain to box food, box turkeys and everything for the Atlanta Community Food Bank and their location in Stone Mountain. Um, and guess what? I Guess who I met that I'm most excited about meeting? Randy Travis from Fox 5. Like, I've always wanted to meet that guy, and I got to meet him. We talked politics. We talked about uh, things that he's working on. He's working on a true true crime podcast uh, on an unsolved double murder. But it was a great time. Talked to a bunch of people. Karen Greer, our sister from WSB-TV. Angela Mastronello. I hope I pronounced it right. Uh, WSB, she was there. And uh, David Chanley at Fox News. I got to tell you guys, David Chanley, when he saw me, Guess what he said? He yelled across the little box area where we were sliding boxes and stuffing boxes. He said, hey, Shelly, what's the word on the street? I thought that was cool. No one cares. Anyway, I had a chance to speak because, as you guys know, Tuesday, November 22nd, from 4 to 7, uh, Triple Team Traffic, Angela Fraskis, Doug Turnbull, um, and uh, Smiling Mark McKay, and all the Triple Team Traffic folks, Alex Williams and everybody, will be at the Alpharetta Publix, 11, 11 8, Hundred uh, Alpharetta Highway. They'll be out there at the Publix collecting food for Atlanta Community Food Bank this Tuesday, 4 to 7. So please, please, please go out there. And the reason why I interviewed the CEO uh, of Atlanta Community Food Bank, Kyle Wade, and I want you guys to hear, I asked him two questions, I want you guys to hear his answer because this shows you the need that we have in the Atlanta area for food for our fellow neighbors. The first question I asked him was, how has inflation affected how he buys food and affected the number of families that they serve. We're having to uh, distribute more food uh, essentially than we ever have. I mean, our uh, level of demand that we're seeing right now um, is uh, back up to the sort of same level that we saw at the height of the pandemic. Uh, in October, uh, uh, about 200,000 uh, households uh, came to get food through our network of partners. Uh, which is a record high for us, uh, and we distributed uh, more than 10 million pounds of food just in the month of October. Um, so there's a record amount of demand, and in order to meet that demand, uh, we're having to buy more food than we ever have. You know, we rely on donated food and food from uh, federal sources, uh, and then we buy food to kind of make up the difference. And right now, we're having to buy more food. Uh, than we ever have. We're spending about $2 million a month just to buy food. And that's in addition to the increased cost of everything else that we're operating with. You know, higher prices for gas, for our trucks, uh, higher prices for uh, uh, equipment and supplies. Uh, all that has gone up and then added that the cost of buying food. And it's it's a tough environment right now, but um, uh, but we're working really hard to meet the demand. And then I asked them, they served, check this out, 96 million meals ending fiscal year 2022, uh, ending in June. And I asked them, how is that even possible? Uh, we're one of the largest hunger relief organizations in the country, and, and we work with a network of about 700 community partners across metro Atlanta and north Georgia. Uh, we uh, source lots of food uh, from a variety of uh, places, 
and then get that food uh, out to those 700 partners who then distribute it uh, to uh, people in need, neighbors in need in their local communities. So please, ladies and gentlemen, Tuesday, 4 to 7, Mark Aram is going to be broadcasting live. Triple Team Traffic, all the people from Triple Team Traffic are going to be um, collecting food at the 11800 Alpharetta Highway at that Publix there Tuesday afternoon. The need is there. Please go donate. Um, like I was listening to Eric Erickson today. He had a caller. I think it was the most fascinating call I've ever heard in my time, uh, my long experience on talk radio. He said he gets a text from politicians to donate, particularly Warnock and Walker, because of the runoff. You know what he said? Every time he gets a text, he's calling a food bank or charity and is donating to them instead of the politician. That's a good deal. I think that's a good deal. We should start pushing that. So tired of the—I think everybody's—I I think there's going to be such a low turnout in this runoff that it's probably going to shock people because everybody that I'm talking to, whether they're for Walker, they're Warnock, they're over it. They're over the text. They're over the calls. And it amazes me. What amazes me is that everybody always gets some preachers. Oh, they're taking the money. They're taking the money. In political season, it's politicians begging, 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 begging for money. So I think it's a good idea. That Good for him. I just 100% hope that that it just got it. December 6th can't come fast enough. Get over with stop sending us tax raise your own money and where people are just wore out from the politics i totally totally agree with you and i like the guy's name was daniel i will never forget that call That's and i think I, yeah i think we should start spreading it from word on the street also if you get a text from a politician let the rich people give money to right. walker and warnock if you get a text from a politician instead of sending 10 or five dollars to a politician send it to atlanta community food bank send it to jose's feed the hungry what's the name of that group you Hope work through Soap. Yep. Hope, through, hope soap. through Soap. I'm yeah. sure Hope Through Soap can use 20, 30 bucks from 15 people. So send it to these charities, yeah, especially around guys, the holidays. So people are tired. I actually talked to someone today that actually is, is so hoping that Herschel Walker wins. They cannot stand Reverend Ralphie L. Warnock. However, they have nothing in them to go out and vote. And They're just not going to do it. But they can't stand Reverend Ralphie. I talked to somebody who can't stand Herschel Walker. Three people can't. They were in the same group. Can't stand Herschel Walker. They're praying. They're going to use their prayers. So they're they're not, praying to God. Oh, they're not voting. No, these people aren't voting. They're tired. So they hate Walker, yes, but they're not going to go both sides. Oh, both you heard sides. it from both yeah, sides. Yeah, both sides. They're that's not a, voting. They're just funny. like, you know what? I, I pray he doesn't get in. They tell me the reasons why they don't like Walker or Warnock. They're mad about it. And then they say, I was like, oh, so you're going to do the early vote? They're like, please, I'm not going out. I'm over it. Um, every people are just done exhausted, and I think maybe I don't even know if it would feel different if Georgia Matt. Well, you know what I mean by matter. I got you. I got you. for that, but I think that after we realize or people realize Georgia didn't matter. I think it just it knocked out some win, and I, that might be good for you guys for the GOP. I think I think two things are at work, and I and I totally agree with you. I think two things are at work. I think the first is. That the, the Democrats have 50 um, and it's 50-49 with this one lone seat waiting for Je December 6th. I think the other thing is legitimately people are tired. Tired. The ads, the texts, the emails. You know, when you think about it, take all of that away. Let's say, because you don't watch a lot of television, mm -mm. right? So take all the TV ads and radio ads out of it. Social media. Every day you're arguing with people on social media, their memes. So I think that's really people are just fatigued. And, and add to that that it doesn't count. 
and you see depressed turnout. I do think that it favors the Republicans. Yeah, it always too. favors you guys. Uh, it always favors the Republicans, uh, generally speaking. I just don't know that... Uh, uh, I don't know that our Senator Ralphie Warnock has enough in his camp to support him. I heard Kemp is going out with Herschel Walker. Trying to get it's, him on the show here, yep. Yeah, I heard that. So Trying Hersh- to get both of them here. And, and Reverend Raphael Warnock is going out. I just don't know. We saw that the big names don't even matter for the Democrats in the state of Georgia. Big names don't matter. You can, you can, you can actually have... Uh, uh, what do you call it? You could actually have uh, the Oprahs and the Barack Obamas and all the entertainers. Oh, my gosh. I used to love the show. I got so annoyed. Uh, what's the girl's name? I can't even remember her name. She's the uh, Washington, D.C. Kerry Washington. Oh, my gosh. I got Kerry Washington out. I mean, all the rappers, all the twerkers, all of it. It does not matter. So I don't know what Reverend Ralphie L. Warnock has in his in, in his bass bag that, that could make people come out. Maybe they will, but from the fill I'm getting on the ground, word on the street is, you know, may the mess man win for whoever goes out, because I ain't going. So based on what Melani Kai says, and I and I believe her small poll, I believe that, <laughs> I believe, no, I believe you can actually- My small poll. Your small, no, your small poll of people. <laughs> yeah. I believe you can go out, and that's probably the feeling, general feeling amongst a lot of people. I, I say, it goes back to what we said originally, give money to charities around this Thanksgiving <laughs> holiday. Do not give it to politicians. Let the rich people pay for the politicians. They already do. Let them give the money you guys we will be donating to charities give your time make sure you're up at um uh alpharetta highway 11 800 this tuesday four to seven um i'll be up there greg's coming up there malai kai's gonna come up there and we're gonna hang out and collect canned goods for the needy um and the needy today when i was out doing this there were people pulling up in really nice cars you see this all the time they're just it's just tough times for people let me tell you something uh uh, Hope Through Soap, I'm with them. They do mobile showers, provide uh, uh, essentials, uh, um, toiletries. Every every Thursday, we're down at Grady Hospital. And the face of homelessness is changing. Absolutely. Some of these people, I promise you, I talked to, I think her name is Amy. Amy, check this out, lives in a tent. Amy lives in a tent with her boyfriend. Their boyfriend knows somebody that lets them put the tent in the backyard and put runs a power cord so they can charge their phone. Amy lives downtown in the tent. She goes two hours to work to Arby's in Alpharetta, catches the train and catches the bus, comes back home, but works 40 hours a day. And you would never know. Some of these people you see and you think, okay, they look like normal people. So the face of needy. Is is I'm not saying everybody. Yeah, I'm not no, saying there are it's people been going on I'm since not, COVID. Yeah, I'm not we, saying we, people we, who are living in homes and stuff are coming right. to get showers at Hope Through Soap, but they they were they used to. Right. And they just fell in bad times, made a bad decision, uh, hooked up with somebody bad, and here they go looking like a regular person still holding down a job. And you're thinking, like this one guy was there. I thought he I literally thought he was a volunteer. I thought he was a volunteer that I did not meet. And um, never met before, and he was there for a shower. Let me ask you a question, Milani Kai. Frontier Airlines, you have feelings about Frontier love Airlines? Frontier. I'm oh, a so big fan. So you love Frontier. I love it. So Spirit. it's funny. I love Frontier <laughs> and Spirit also. But the people that I kind of run in those circles, oh, they're bougie. They, they're bougie. Yes, they they they're hate bougie. Frontier and Spirit. Uh, my brother, do you Frontier and Spirit? 
I have never used either one of them, but that ideal, the 599, that's intriguing. So that's what we bring up. All you can fly past from Frontier Airlines announced on uh, today, well, today, yesterday, $600, a go wild pass. I was going to get it. You're going to get I was going to get it. I went on to go get it, but I read all the stipulations. First, it doesn't start until May of next year. So I got places to go between them. And I figure, uh, and I read some of the other stipulations, too, and I was like, ah, I'm better off paying. Last time, I think it was either Spirit or Frontier, I got to Vegas for $49 one yeah. way. Yeah. And and with our job, it's not like we can That's the thing I was travel say, that right. much anyway. That's so the thing I was it's gonna not going to be worth it. And then it automatically, re- that first year is $599, and then it goes up to $2,000 uh, $2, for the renewal year. Yep. And you can't transfer it. So... I'm, it's still a good. It's it, still, even at two thousand, is a good deal. The problem is you can't book it until a day before. You can't book and confirm it. Right. And it's and there are blackout dates. Which oh, I, I get, saw the blackout yeah, dates. Yeah, I get the blackout dates. I get that. But like you said, the biggest thing for me, I would do it. But our job is such that I can't say tomorrow, huh, we're off tomorrow because of the Georgia basketball game. I'm going to go to Puerto Rico right. for a weekend. Yeah. I could do that, but I don't know I'm going to do that until, you know what I mean? I don't. I, I just don't travel like that. But let me say on behalf of Frontier and Spirit Airlines, I know the seats don't recline. They're new planes. You don't have, you don't, you're not hungry when you get on the plane. Eat before you, oh, they don't hand out free stuff. You're being greedy. You don't need free stuff on the plane. Not when you pay $49. Exactly. You don't need your seat to recline when no. you pay $49. You don't need luxuries when you're paying. And then they say, oh, the bag feeds. Take the backpack. Take the carry-on. I've never paid for a bag fee, Shelly, whatsoever. Never. I just carry, I just roll my bag on and, and kind of make nice, nice with the lady. Yeah, mine doesn't hey. even fit in the thing. Yeah, yeah I say, yeah. hey, how you doing? Yeah. Well, I oh, just your go hair by. is nice, yeah, girl. Yeah, yeah, I do the same thing. Girl, how'd you get those braids like right. that? Same Shanique, thing. with that nice girl, your I, I, hair is nice. I, I throw a little Shelly Winter yeah. word on the street smile. Hey, yeah, baby, yeah. how you doing, baby? I was like, oh, those are some nice glasses. Wow, girl, did you get those from New York on, on Park Avenue? Those are not. those is nice. And then I just roll in with the big bag. Coming up, I want to ask you guys this question. If you were given $10,000, what your reaction would be? Coming up next on a power hour of Word on the Street, 9 to 10 on Thursday after Bulldogs Live. So an experiment was done. It's the stupidest experiment I've ever heard in my life. They gave $10,000 to people to see if it would make them happy. The people got the $10,000, they spent the $10,000, and everybody collectively said, oh, I'm very happy. So the study was done to say, does money make you happy? And they came to the conclusion that it does. So I want to go around the room real quick, real short segment. Melani Kai, ladies first, give you $10,000, what? Money doesn't make me happy. Been made, made way more money than I make right now, and these are the happiest times of my life. DJ Greg? Security is everything. I wouldn't even spend it. Security, it's peace of mind to have that 10 grand. That's what that's what makes you feel good. I think you both are crazy. Give me the 10 stacks and I'll be happy as a pig. And you know what? $10,000 is still $10,000. But 
That being said, I agree with both of you also, but give me my 10,000 and let me find out for myself it'll make if it'll make me happy. You better so, go. That's so that's not even any money though. It's not, but it's 10,000. No, it, I'm not saying I wouldn't take it, but I wouldn't get it and be like, "Oh, I'm so happy. This is a happiest time." It's not for me. It's 10,000 free dollars. You, no. you better give that money to Ted Jenkins. That's what you better do that's with that what That's what I would. Oxygenfinancial.com. I swear immediately I would do that. Hey Ted, here's $10,000. Make it work for me. Coming up next, a woman, a mother, a mother was arrested. When you hear why she was arrested, it's going to outrage us all, I hope. It's Word on the Street Power Hour, Thursdays, 9 to 10 p.m. So, this is the... Uh, Power Hour of Word on the Street. Every Thursday, we do 9 to 10 o'clock, right after Bulldogs Live. Bulldogs play Kentucky this Saturday. I have been riding the Bulldogs all season, and they have not let me down. You know when I've lost is when I tried to get greedy and did a parlay with the over-under. But when I when I bet them, you know, just to bet one of the Bulldogs and lay the points, they have covered all season. So mm. I'm I'm certain that they will cover against yeah, Kentucky Bulldogs. Um, so Bulldogs this Saturday, Kentucky. Uh, it's going to be a championship season, I feel. So in Texas, a mother was driving her children home. She's got an eight-year-old son and uh, and two other boys younger. He's the oldest, eight years old. They're driving home from uh, karate practice one afternoon in October of last year. The older eight-year-old is just having it out with his two brothers. So the mother, a half a mile from their house, in their subdivision, tells the eight-year-old, get out the car and walk the rest of the way home. You're unruly. You're messing up. You're loud. That's your punishment. Woman in the neighborhood sees him walking down the street, calls the co- asks him where he lives, He's a block from his house. He says, I live right there. I'm walking home. She calls the cops, and the cops drive up, put him in the back seat, and then drives him the block home and addresses the lady and says, do you know that there's human trafficking going on? Why do you have your son walking by himself? And she says, well, there's none around here. And the cop asserts, yes, this is a safe neighborhood, but in Waco, downtown Waco, there's a bunch of human trafficking, but they don't live in downtown Waco. So he asked the lady, would you do this again? And the lady basically says, as a mother, I don't know, because she doesn't know what's going on. She's just, I, I don't know, would I do it again? If he acts up again, I might do it again. Maybe I'll make him like, walk a mile the next time. They handcuff the lady in front of the kids, put her in the car, drive her, and charge and jails her. Now she's going through pretrial detention, but it stays on a record. You guys thought. Starts with a Karen. This starts with Karen. Now, maybe a good Karen, a bad Karen, but Karen sees the little boy, and the little boy says, hey, yeah, I just live right up the street. Instead, and so instead of Karen just, okay, he lives up the street, Karen calls the police. It's a, it's a case of not using your, what's the word? I, I talked about it when I got stopped the other week. It's the case of, honestly, not using 
not it's not even common sense. It's like humanity. It's like sensitivity. It's something on the cops part or Karen's part on the cops part. Gotcha. So uh, Karen may have. I I guess. I mean, maybe you say it's an eight year old. I I I guess. I don't know. It's in the subdivision. I'm not sure. I go through the hood all the time. I see seven and eight year olds walking around all the time. Nobody's saying anything. I'm not sure how it is in the suburbs. But okay, let's 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 forget Karen on the cops part. I love you law enforcement. I love most of you. I just think there are a few of you that go into training. I don't think there is enough humanity sensitivity training that once you realize, like when I got stopped in in Buckhead, once you realize, okay, this lady doesn't have a record. I believe she didn't know that her driving privileges were revoked in New York. We can't tell her why it's suspended. So I do have to tow her car, Melani Kai, but I'm going to come to your car and say, hey, I got to call the tow truck, see if you can get somebody here rather than sitting in your car for 40 minutes calling the tow truck and then saying, hey, I got to tow you. Okay, that's what I'm talking about. Treat people once you find out they're not criminals, whatever the reason is. Treat them like that's your son or like that's your daughter or like that's your sister or like that's your mother. And that's how you know that you have some type of compassion or humanity with your policing if you treat that person like they're a relative. So if those cops treated that lady who had no, no, they had nothing on her, suburban lady, confused lady, wasn't, what's the word? She wasn't uh, hostile with the police. She was really, really confused that her son was in the back of the car because she'd done this before. Right. So it's not new. This, and he's, he's done it before. Yes, yeah, she's, she's had him walk before, right. so this is not new. She's bewildered. When you realize, okay, she doesn't know. You cop, you say, I'm going to treat it like this is my aunt. Hey, auntie, listen, it's not a good idea, blah, blah, blah. So next time, you know, just try. We're really trying to protect your kids that's how you know that you're using compassion and humanity with policing. But until there is more training for compassion and humanity, Shelly, we're going to have issues like this because she said when she didn't answer correctly, I don't know. I mean, I've been doing it for a while. If I'd still do it, that's when they handcuffed her. Right. Compassion and humanity with policing goes a long way. I think also the la- the missing word, uh, not the missing word, but the word, the two words, actually, I'm not Joe Biden, the two words that I would add is common sense. Clearly, she knew where her son was. Clearly, she already, the son knew where he was. Um, I'm I, These kinds of stories outrage me. Um, and another reason why they outrage me, quite honestly, is I don't see this story being spread all over the country. You know why? Oh, by the way, the mother happened to be white. Because if it was a black child and a black mother, they would be outraged about racist cops. And because it's a white mother and a white child, you don't see that outrage. It's funny because the first thing people said to me and you know, I was telling them, they were like, oh, oh, is were, is she black? Right. No, seriously. And I said no. And they were like, oh, I never heard of it. Right. Okay. You never will. And it's- because it's not the narrative. And so the, the, that's the, 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 the that's addition to what Melani Kai said. That's the problem that I have with it is that. This is a story where we—it's it, not—and it's not a, a story of bad, uh, bad cops all over the country. Yeah, no. It's a story of two bad cops in Waco, Texas, that did something that they did not have, they should not have done, and everybody with any type of common sense would say that was wrong. Now, that being said, is there a flip side to this? 
Should we be watching kids walk down the street? Should you say something if you see two eight-year-olds walking in the hood by themselves? Maybe you should. Maybe you shouldn't. But the problem, the issue is not my issue is not with Karen necessarily. I get what you're saying. My issue is with the police once they got there. To your point. So my my issue again. So as the lady said, this is in her neighborhood. Right. When we moved off the farm, we moved into a neighborhood, a suburb. It would be nothing. And I understand some parents could be listening to us right now. Oh, I would never let my kid. That's you. It doesn't make it illegal. It doesn't make it wrong. Certainly, you can be sex trafficked at the supermarket if you send your kid inside Walmart to go pick up something. You could be said that may be true. But should you be arrested because you're the parent that decides I'm going to send my my 10-year-old into Walmart to go buy the groceries, but the sex trafficking happens there. My problem, again, it goes back to policing with compassion, common sense, and humanity. And and if you're listening, uh, APD, surrounding areas, Decatur, um, DeKalb Police, Shelly and I, we love the police. It is not all of you. This is not a hard bash on police. We're just saying at some point overall around the country, there's got to be some type of training, Shelly. And I'm sure there are millions of uh, millions of uh, interactions a year, a day, a month across the country where the cops put that kid in a, ch- in a ch- car, drop him off home, and say, okay, ma'am, thanks a lot. Um, we'll keep an eye on him. It's it's a story about emotional intelligence across the board. It's the woman calling. It's the mother probably not taking it too seriously, thinking, okay, all right, yeah, I got things. We're probably going to see some body cam footage where she's not really paying attention too much, and then all of a sudden it escalates for no reason because everybody involved is not thinking about what is the other person thinking about this. They're all stuck in their own heads. And when you say, Shelly, about if it comes down to a race issue about black and white i feel like black is national media coverage white is all facebook it's all like, facebook. Yeah. if it's a white story melanica i feel like it breaks on facebook now this it's like hey hey you guys didn't know about this but we're talking about this in our neighborhood last thing as a kid who had workaholic parents and walked back and forth with his brother by himself all the time I see these stories, and all I think is, man, we were the last generation yeah. who's ever getting away with that. Yep. A- I, except for in the hood. Well, yeah, I, I grew up, I was I was what's called, I don't even know if they still have this term, but I came up, the term for me, with a single mom. I had a father two blocks south and grandparents two blocks north, but I was called a latchkey kid. I have a key to my apartment. I went to, I went to fifth grade on the bus by myself, public transportation, from fifth grade all the way up. I had a key to the apartment that hung around my neck. My mom made me tuck it in my undershirt so it wouldn't show, and I came home before her, and, it was, and we were called latchkey kids. Nowadays, you almost can't do that based on stories like this. It's shameful. It really is. So, Melanica, you're not married. Greg just got married. Story is a guy walked down the aisle at his wedding, and they carried him down the aisle in a coffin. I get the joke. You know, he's basically dying. Because, like what I say, you're going to jail, you're dying, right, you're getting you're dying, married. You're yeah, going to jail. Yeah, yeah. So they carried him down the, the aisle in a coffin. I think one of the funniest stories ever you get married, Milani Kai, right? And your husband decides to do the same thing. How do you react to it? I don't. I mean, okay. So I'm. you know how you guys tell me to play along? I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to play along because I'm not that much of a... 
I'm not that much of a, I'm not going to get married. I mean, if I get married, I'm going to my dad's office. But should I do the traditional wedding and waste all that money and do blah, blah, blah? He comes out in a casket. I I'm, I think I may laugh, Shelly, for me. I, I think it would be funny. I think my family were jokesters. I think we would laugh. I think it would be funny. I think... For me, I think it would be funny. It wouldn't be a big deal. It would yeah. be shocking, surprising. But if you're one of those women who you dreamed of, it would be my first time getting married, you dreamed of the wedding, you've got the photographers there, you've got the beautiful gown on, he does that. For some women, that's not going to turn out well. For me, it would be hilarious. And the question becomes, <laughs> in this story, no one knows when you read the story, it doesn't say if the wife was in on it. In other words, did she know he was going to do that? No one knows that. Yeah. So it'd be interesting, I think, what the fascinating part of this story is finding out, and you know, no way of finding out, but finding out if she knew about it. Yeah. Because if she's in on a joke, then it's just funny. But if she's not, I agree with you. Well, you you ruined the day I've been looking forward with yeah. you since I was nine years old. Yeah, I think it's I I'm I'm I to me everything is can be funny. So I think it's yeah, I to me everything is funny. So I just wonder if there are well, we don't have a lot of time for calls, but if there I I, I would wonder if there were women listening that weren't in on it, would they think it was funny or they'd be totally uh, horrified? Eric and Buford wants to talk about the police officer in Waco uh, arresting the mom who let who punished her son by walking a half a mile home in their own subdivision. Go ahead, Eric. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry to say that common sense just isn't that common anymore. On whose part, the mother or the police? Well, the police, but also... A little bit on the mother. I mean, you can punish them, but you can't punish them that way anymore. Gotcha. It is. Is it against no the law? Allowed. Is it against the law to have an eight-year-old? I don't know. Is it against the law to have an eight-year-old walk a half mile through the neighborhood? Well, I mean, it, if you talk to DHS, that could be child cruelty, right? I think what he's saying is that it's not. But in the world we live in, clearly this story dictates that somewhere that could happen to you. I, I think that's is that what you're saying, yeah. Eric. Uh, yes, exactly. And I'm a smart kid, by the way. How <laughs> you sound like one? You sound like one. But I mean, no common. There's no common sense anymore. Like the common sense has been ruled out by the idiocracy that has been taught to our children. Absolutely, great call, Eric. That's why he's a smart kids club member. Um, so tomorrow we got Georgia basketball. Oh, what time do they start? Seven, I think. Oh. Right? Yeah, six thirty seven. Yeah. So we won't be on the air. Oh. Yeah, we won't be on the oh. air. Oh. Uh, but uh, and then Monday? Mo- Monday Are we, we don't know because we don't know it's a tournament. Oh. So we don't know if they play at four or six thirty, so we gotta play it by ear. Tuesday? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> Will that be based on if they win? <laughs> no, it's not a tournament ends Wednesday. Monday. So the tournament's over Monday. I think it's over Monday. But okay, then what happens to why aren't we on Tuesdays? So let's just figure this out that, on the air. I think it's a game. Uh, well, maybe the game, and maybe Tuesday is 4 or 6.30. Monday is a game. <laughs> Sounds like they're playing a round-robin tur- tournament to me, Shelly. It's just called No, the, they it's, wouldn't do round-robin in sun- college. It would, it, no, no, they're it's not a doing sunshine slam. Yeah, but it's not round. It would have to be if you win, depending on if you win or or lose. So well, I guess we'll see, Shelly. So we, I'm we expecting it's like the holiday tournament style stuff. So Monday they, Monday, they play at, Monday they play at 8. And then, what is Monday the 21st? I don't know. Yeah, Monday's the 21st. They play at 8. Yeah. So pregame starts at 7.30, so we'll have a half-hour show on Monday. No, they play at 8.30. Oh, so we'll have an hour show on Monday. Oh, yay! 
So we'll be on Monday, 7 to 8. So excited. I guess you, you guys tell me. And I'm glad we can figure things like this out on the air. It's so fun. And then Tuesday, we don't know because they play 4 or 6.30, right? Don't. Wednesday, we'll be on air. Three hours, right? Yeah. So and Thursday and Friday, what happens on holidays? We see uh, we're new to this contract thing. Uh, I think we're off. I got an email, but does that apply to us? I think so. I don't think we're no longer, we're not the black show anymore. We're on we contract see, now. Normally we would fill we're in the black show. Time. Yes, so we're not the black show. Maybe the power pod filling in for us. All right, or best of. Or best of, or we don't know. So ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Keep it locked here all day long on 95.5 WSB Atlanta's News and Talk. And you'll find out at 7 o'clock if we're on for three hours. We know Wednesday we'll be on for three hours. Uh, But happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Help somebody out this weekend. Feel good stories coming up next. It's Word on the Street, the Power Hour, every Thursday after Bulldogs Live. What's up, superstars? Word on the street, you know we never end without feel-good stories. My feel-good stories com- story comes from Pottstown, Pennsylvania. Sammy, he's a fourth grader. He's 10 years old. Speaking of kidnappings, he's walking up the street. He notices a lady following him, following him, following him. He had some good training because something tells him to stop inside his grocery store. There was a 17-year-old cashier. cashier. She said, please pretend to be my mother because this lady is following me. They did that. A 10-year-old and a 17-year-old. So shout out to the parents of that 10-year-old to make him aware enough to do something like that because he could have been kidnapped. They said this lady had mental health challenges, and uh, they caught her, and she's in a mental health facility, but that could have been a kidnapping. Great story, great story. My feel-good story comes from Atlanta Community Food Bank, where I was, Community Food Center in Stone Mountain, 1979. um, 1979, uh, sorry, Milani Kai, 1979 Park. Parker Court in Stone Mountain. Here's my feel-good story. These charities, uh, what is it, Soap with Hope, um, Hosea's, Atlanta Community Food Bank, Must Ministries, a lot of these guys, they have paid staff. But because they do so much work for the community, they don't have a lot of paid staff. And they subsist entirely from volunteers. So my feel-good stories for all the people that take time out of their lives to volunteer for these organizations. They don't post it on Facebook. They don't scream it out to the world. They just go in, do the work to help others, and go quietly home and go to bed. So my feel-good stories for all the people that volunteer to help whether it's Thanksgiving or all year round. God bless you. You are the true angels, and we thank you so, so very much. It's word on the street. We'd like to tell you when we'd be back, but we're really not sure. So we'll be back on the air when we're back on the air.